This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're going to be in Ezekiel. Amen. God had me meditating there in, in chapter 43 of Ezekiel. My God. Focusing mainly on verses 5 through 12, the prophet was uh, given a vision by the Holy Spirit, and God's voice was a magnificent, the voice of roaring, rushing waters. My God. And the land was radiant with his glory. My God. He saw this vision. Amen. Uh, and uh, he says here in verse 3, the vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when, when he came to destroy the city and, and like the visions I had seen by the Kibar River and I fell face down. My God. He was, amen, prostrate before the Lord. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east, you know, toward Jerusalem. Amen. Then the spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. Notice where he started at the gate, into the gates with what? Thanksgiving. Then you can, amen, graduate and go into the courts. God has gotten you ready to go on into the court. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The Lord filled the temple. What does that mean? It was at one point, what? Empty, my God. While the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside uh, the temple. He said, son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. The people of Israel will never again defile my holy name. Neither they nor their kings by their prostitution and the funeral offerings for their kings at their death. When they placed their, their threshold next to my threshold and their, door, their doorposts beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them, they defiled my holy name by their detestable practices. So I destroyed them in my anger. Don't look at God like he's having a fit, like he's a, uh, having a temper tantrum. Why? Because holiness cannot allow evil to come into it and become a part of it. Amen. Verse 9, now let them put away from me their prostitution and the funeral offerings for their kings, and I will live among them forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sins. Folks forgot. See, they needed a revival. They forgot. He said, let them consider its perfection. If you really get before God, you will see his perfection and know that we are people of vile lips. My God, we will know that we are lost and what? In need of a savior. Amen. We will get off the pedestal. Amen. Out of the throne. That's Jesus' seat. My God. It says here in verse 11, and if they are ashamed of all they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangement, its uh, exits and entrances, its whole design and all its regulations and laws. 
write these down before them so that they may be faithful to its design and follow all its regulations. Look at verse 12. My God, it says, this is the law of the temple, all the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. Then after that, in verses further on, we can see that the great altar was restored. What happened here in Ezekiel? The vision is revealing that as God's glory had departed, so did the altar. Look at what's going on in this scripture. It's going to help us to gain some insight. For in this scripture, the glory of God and his altar are no longer present in the temple, and both need to be restored if the temple is to be the house of God. So many are not the house of God today. We put that on the sign, but it is not God's house. My God. It is of no surprise that the eternal effects of living truth as found in God's altar are scarce in today's church. If God's presence is not there, then neither is his altar. God's holy presence yet needs to exist within and without his temple. But the law of the temple has been compromised in today's postmodern culture. This exhortative revival message explains why God's glory has left the temple. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Why God's glory has left the temple. First thing we need to realize is that holiness cannot be mixed with unholiness. We seem to have forgotten that these days, but the laws of nature in God's creation are yet there to help us with this understanding and understanding his laws of the spirit. Amen. It begins in the spirit and works its way into the natural, but we're so naturally inclined. We think it started with nature. My God. But no, it started by God's spirit. He said, let there be my God. God. And then he brought it into the natural. Hallelujah. But we're so stuck. My God, we are stymied by our own, amen, educated foolishness. We think that there is no creator. My God, we think the stuff made itself. And the stuff has God's signature on every iota of it. People are beginning to know my God, as God has given them enough astuteness to realize there must have been an intelligent designer. Some of them have called out his name, Jesus. Others are still on a journey, but they need to hurry up and find out that it's Jesus before it's too late. Amen. Thank God. God's holy way is not a mixture. It's not a solution, nor is it a suspension. See, I got to go to chemistry now. Because uh, uh, the great minds in the college hallways have, amen, lost their way. But let's use basic terms from the laws of chemistry as keys that will open our understanding to the conditions of modern Christendom. My God. 
Let's look at these three mixtures, solutions, and suspensions. What are they? Mixtures. A mixture is a combination of substances which are not chemically joined together. Mixtures have three things. Mixtures have the same properties as their components. There is no fixed proportion between the components, and the components can be separated from the mixture. I'll give you examples so you can get the point. Examples of this are when you put sugar and salt together. Amen? And when you have air, uh, it's just, just not one kind of air. Air could have not just oxygen, it could also have nitrogen in it, for example. So air... For example, air with nitrogen and oxygen. That's a mixture. And you could separate nitrogen from oxygen. You could separate salt from sugar. There's a way to do it. That's mixture. And I said God is what? Not a mixture. We see churches today trying to mix things with holiness. And we can't do that. It is not holiness anymore. There has been a compromise. Let's look at solutions now. What is a solution? A solution is a homogeneous mixture in which one substance called a solute is dissolved in another substance called a solvent. Uh, the components in a solution may not be separated from the solution by leaving it to stand or by filtration. Uh, if, a, if a material dissolves in a, in a liquid, the material is said to uh, be soluble. A solution is saturated, means you can't dissolve anything else into it. Uh, if no more solute can be dissolved with the temperature remaining the same. Examples of this are like the ocean, salt in seawater. When you look at seawater, you're just looking at like it's salty water. You know, that's just what it is. But you know, you can separate that salt from that water. There's a way to do it. And if we look at, at how the church is being formed today, some have become so crafty now, they passed the mixture way, and now they have made these soluble solutions. They have dissolved their way in. They have crept in unawares, as the New Testament says. There's false teachings that have become like the teaching. My God. But now let's look at suspensions. A suspension is a mixture of liquids with particles of a solid, which may not dissolve in the liquid. The solid may be separated from the liquid by leaving it to stand or by filtration. Examples of this are like sand in water. Amen. If you had a nice glass of water, but you saw sand in there, would you drink it? My God. But you know the church today is drinking such water. My God. They're drinking contaminated water coming out of the pulpit, coming out of their small groups. My God. Coming out of their cell groups. They're eating tainted meat. My God. Everything that proceeds out of the mouth of their group. Why? Because they found the group because they had itching ears and they found the group of their choice of the innate sinful proclivities that we were birthed with. And we could go in in relativity and find the place that makes us feel comfortable. Help me, Holy Ghost. My God. Did you, but did you know that God's law of holiness for his people 
uh, enables them to avoid such things. Uh, in a word, they will avoid syncretism. Syncretism is the combining of opposite beliefs, opposite ideals, opposite philosophies, opposite faiths, etc. My God, the combining of same sexes, for example, according to the rudiments of holiness in God's will, my God, God said it in his word, and I'm going by the word of God, amen, let's have the same sense of reference. The reference I'm using is the holy word of God. This is not hate speech, because I love everybody, amen. Thank God. And I will not, amen, perform violent acts against you because you have, amen, given yourself over to certain philosophies of which I have not. Amen. But I will pray for you in a loving way that God's Holy Spirit will reveal his unadulterated truth to you because you deserve to have that because you are a creation of God and God loves all of his creation but not all of his creation will submit therefore to God and resist the devil so the devil can flee everybody doesn't do that so we have to pray earnestly for the lost at every cost hallelujah you can't be egocentric when you are a Christian. You can't be egomaniacal when you are a Christian. You can't be an egoist when you are a Christian. You can't be an egotist. I know people are saying, make your boast in the Holy Ghost, but you got to watch that. Amen. We do not want to, amen, strut around, amen, with an anointing on us, but using it as a cloak of maliciousness. Thank God. But in loving kindness have I drawn you. Amen. Thank God. We don't know more to make folks feel like less. Amen. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. But we see today that people are trying to mesh together things that don't belong together. Hence, in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, I don't have time to go to each and every one of them because the sermon will be way too long. My God, are you with me so far? But if you think about Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we see the revelation of separating the donkey from the ox. Remember that? When you're plowing, you don't put a donkey with an ox. That's in plowing. And you're not supposed to mix two different types of seeds when planting. Those were the rules there in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And they also had another rule and an instruction of not mixing wool with linen when making garments. My God. And think about it in our modern world. You're driving on the highway and it's raining. My God. And what's floating on the water? Oil. My God. Why? Because uh, water and oil don't what? Don't mix. Uh, but, but oil will float on the surface of the water, hence providing a slippery surface, my God. And you may try to mix oil and water, but as you most likely already know, oil and water just do not mix. And that's a good thing. Think about it. Oil molecules will ultimately stick to each other. They will congregate together. They're going to find each other. Uh, excuse me, water. I got to get to my oil, brother. Amen. Therefore, if you shake or stir a container with oil and water in it, they will eventually separate into two distinct layers. Uh, detergents and soaps help to remove oil and dirt from utensils, from our clothes, and from our bodies. Amen. That's why God helped us to invent that. 
Oil and water will not compromise the integrity of their chemical makeups. My God. But think about it. Moral and cultural standards are being compromised all the time in our postmodern world. My God. To compromise is to make concessions or accommodations for someone who does not agree with a certain set of standards or rules. There are times when compromise is good and right. Compromise is a basic skill needed in marriage, for example, and in other situations in which keeping the peace is more desirable than getting one's own way. Think about it in scripture, in the book of Daniel. Daniel and his three friends essentially worked out a compromise with the Babylonian official concerning their diet. They knew that they could not eat certain things that the others were eating. It was against their, amen, religious standard. Thank God. So they they made a deal. They said, you know what? Don't worry. I know the king is you know, made you in charge, and if we come out unhealthy, your head could come off. But trust us. Give us a couple of weeks. We're going to, amen, show you that our continents will not have pimples, and the others most likely will. Amen. They're going to get overweight, and we will not. And, amen. And, 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 they let, and he let them go ahead and do it because there was enough time to justify and, and change it, if not. Amen. So, amen. They won. Amen. And he he said, go ahead and eat whatever you're going to eat. Amen. Thank God. So compromise was made then. Sometimes it's needed. In certain other matters, though, compromise is not good. The Bible makes it clear that God does not condone compromising his commands. His commands are instructions. Is he the creator of the universe? Yes. Does the creator of the universe know how to work the things that he has created? Yes, he does. It says... Be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. In Deuteronomy 5.32. Joyful are those who do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. That's in Psalm 119, verse 3. You know, church, God is holy, and his ways are right. God is good, yes, and his ways are life-giving. Amen. Concerning matters that God has clearly addressed, we do not negotiate, we do not bargain, and we do not, what, compromise. My God, we must learn to resist evil compromise. Resisting compromise is not up to our own strength or efforts, though. We can't do it in and of our own strength. Daniel and his friends couldn't do it in and of their own strength. Daniel could not, amen, look at the the dreams and visions the king was having and interpret them correctly if it had not been for the Lord who was on his side. We need the Lord to not be against us, but for us. If we are going against the standard of the creator he is not for us but he is praying for us he wants us saved jesus prayed for me kept me on his mind took the time to pray for me i'm so glad he prayed i'm so glad he prayed for me hallelujah i don't know why he loved me but i'm so glad that he did hallelujah 
I want God on my side. I want to be on God's side. My God, help us, Lord. Instead of falling into compromise, God wants us to be equipped by his power. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, uh, he is our abiding strength. He is our comfort. He is our guard and our guide. Amen. In Philippians 2, 12 and 13, it encourages us accordingly, quote, continue to work out your, your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. That's not saying be a scaredy cat, a chicken. My God, it's saying highly reverence God. And in doing so, be very meticulous about it. My God, and, and, and be certain about, amen, what God has meant for you to do. Amen. You got to be strategic about it. There should be, amen, an utmost importance about it. And you don't want to mess up. My God, not even a little bit. So you have this high regard. That's what that is. Amen. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill what? His good purpose. He's working in you, not for you to mess up, but for you to perform what? His good purpose. Amen. God's word and his presence work together to nourish our souls. Those who are copious note takers, you can consider meditating on Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You may know that one. Study. Amen. 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. In God's ordained Christian fellowship and accountability, see, that's what the church is about, the real organism of God's church, the spiritual entity. I'm not talking about, you know, clubs and uh, you calling your church uh, a center and God is not in the center. My God, I got a problem with that. Why? Because we have a big, 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 big group and you can get lost in the big, 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 big group. There's not real fellowship. You can find little buddies, cut buddies here and there, eat in the coffee shop of the church, you know, look at the big aquarium and everything and feel like you in the mall all day long and go golfing and, you know, go to the movie night and all of the stuff they're doing, meeting, eating and greeting. Amen. But a lot of times there's no real discipleship, the heavenly level of accountability where the Holy Ghost gets in your business. Folk don't want God getting in their business. They don't want the pastor getting in their business. They don't want people around them, the other saints of God, getting in their business. You are not the boss of me. I do whatever I want, whatever I please. There's no accountability there when you have that. See, but God puts other believers amongst us. Other believers there to encourage us in the holy way. They will walk alongside us just like the Holy Ghost does. My God, and we're supposed to do the same thing for them. You don't believe me? Go to Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Also, Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5. We don't have time to go through all that. But when we are focused on God and are living in an act, 
active agape relationship. Amen. Not just on the page on, in a theory, but actively doing it, actively participating. Amen. There's a whole lot of scriptures in the Bible about us actively participating. He who hath what? Breath do what? Praise the Lord. See, active participation. Amen. Thank God we're supposed to have not just the mushy-gushy love of this earth, but agape, no strings attached. We obey the will of God. We submit ourselves to it, that kind of love. That's the active agape relationship. We're supposed to be thriving in that. We're supposed to be doing that with God and with God's people. And, and then we will come to understand the magnitude of God's holiness when we are subjected to that. Amen. We need to come under. We need to humble ourselves. Amen. And then we will be fulfilled in the will of God. But there's a lot of pride in our modern day. My God. To each his own. That's pride. Amen. It's all relative. That's pride. I can define things the way I want to. That's pride. Amen. But God has his, amen, heavenly definition. We are not supposed to be changing his dictionary. Amen. Once we change it, uh, we, we begin to make sport of it, mock it. It's not important to us. We begin to meme God's holy things. Amen. We begin to look at them as something funny that we could, amen, toy with. But the day we hear his voice, we ought not harden our heart. When you're toying and memeing God, you are hardening your heart. My God. And some of this humor is evil out there. And it makes you not respect the high, most high God. Amen. You're not going to reverence him the way you ought to. It won't be uh, special. It won't be important to you. My God. But when we are focused on God and are living in an active agape relationship with him and his people, we come to understand the magnitude of his holiness, the crushing nature of our sin, and the depth of his grace. We will respect it, amen, and love it and cherish it and honor it, amen. We will begin to see his goodness uh, and that true life is exclusively in him, according to Psalm 34, verse 8, and also John 10, 10. My God, for God is our living truth. We are in the Living Truth series. And who is the Living Truth? Capital L, capital T. God, amen. And Jesus is the one that comes with the Father's business and shows us in revelation by the power of the Holy Ghost of what sort we ought to be, how we ought to live, how we ought to think. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We're supposed to enter in with, amen, thankfulness, amen, and bless and praise his name until we meet at that holy of holies and anything left is going to be stripped off of us that's evil. It's going to be stripped off of us and left out there, amen, because we can't go into the holy of holies and allow flesh to be glorified in the very presence of God. No, when you get in the real presence of God, we're going to strip ourselves of all that carnality, amen. Evil speaking, evil concupiscence, all the whole list in Galatians 5. My God, we don't want anything to do with it. We will go forward in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Why? Against such there is no law. We will be following the law of the temple. Amen. Thank God. When we allow God to be 
Lord, to be our living truth. We will have that heavenly hunger and thirst for his righteousness as we long to follow him in all our ways, how we think, our personal you know, secret thought life, everything we do. Amen. We will begin to say, God, is this okay? God, is that okay? In all our ways, we will what? Acknowledge him and he will do what? Ignore us? No. He's going to direct our path. Amen. He's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. And then when we have that going on in our life, we will uh, inevitably have this glory shining out of us. We will automatically be sharing God just by living right. Amen. And not only that, our heart and mind will want to share the good news of salvation with others. They will see it in us and how we live and how we communicate. And, and, and we will begin to, amen, have answers for all their questions. God will give us a rhema word because the hope that's in us, it's, it's going to be questioned. Oh, yes. And the, the people of God who have the Holy Ghost moving in them, they, they will be readied by the Holy Ghost. They will have the answer for everything they are inquired of. Amen. God's Spirit will give us biblically-based testimonial answers for all their questions. Yes, he will. The, The better we know God, the better we can resist the temptation to compromise what's eternally important. And his glory will what? Fill the temple. I want God to fill my temple. You are a temple of the Most High God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Even before you get to some edifice where we have qualified it as the place of meeting and calling it God's temple. My God, it's more than brick and mortar. It's about you. Amen. Your blood and water. Amen. We want, amen, to become the edifice of God. We want the Holy Ghost to know that we will accommodate his stay in our life. Amen. He's allowed to come in. Welcome into this broken vessel. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. God's glory needs to return to the temple, people of God. That's what we talked about. Both the edifice where we congregate and each and every one of us who are what called by his name. We call ourselves people of God, Christians, but amen. We got to let him be who he came to be. Let's start redefining him. My God, we got to learn how to amen. Let the Holy Ghost show us how to dress, how to talk, how to walk, how to do everything. Amen. The Holy Ghost, amen, you may look at the, at the mirror, in the mirror at yourself, amen, but the Holy Ghost, amen, the Holy Ghost mirror need to be looked in, amen. He'll say, tut, 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 no, you don't need to be showing all them hams, come on now, the Holy Ghost will get you right before you go out the door, amen. Hallelujah, anyhow, amen, amen, you don't have to wear them tight britches, amen, loosen that up, wear some baggy ones, amen, you don't need to be trying to reveal things, amen, hallelujah, anyhow. 
God will help you know how to dress. God will help you know how to, amen, excuse yourself from all these filthy jokes that are being told in and around town and at your job everywhere. Hallelujah. Anyhow, you will excuse yourself from gossip. Hallelujah. God will help you learn how to live. Hallelujah. A holy and separated life in this present world. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Lord. So when God returns and his glory returns, he's bringing his altar. Amen. He doesn't just bring his glory. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. He, he wants us to get there. But amen. We don't say, what's this big thing in the way? Get that out of here. No, that's the altar. Don't go past that because God's bringing it. When his glory is restored in your life, he's bringing the altar to be restored as well. So we could be kept out of the wrong way. Why? Because holiness cannot be mixed with unholiness according to the laws of God. God's law of the temple. You saw what they had in Ezekiel. They were meticulous. The measurements and everything. My God. Don't go past all of that when you're reading through the Bible. It's very important to see how meticulous God is. Every minute detail matters. Amen. Oh, God don't care about me looking at that. Oh, that's just something we do over there. No, that's your life. God wants us to get some stuff right. We got a little crookedness in our life here and there, a little tolerable crookedness. God needs us to get right. Hallelujah. Anyhow, some of these shows, they look churchy, but they are so dirty. My God, they are satanic. My God, a lot of these movies, they're trying to make them churchy, but they are trashing the church. My God, and we ought to have something to say about it. If God allowed you to see some of it, stop before they get all naked. Amen. And stop it right there. You don't need to see all that. Amen. And start writing against it. Amen. Don't be putting all, oh, oh I love that. And all on Facebook and everywhere. My God, we have to learn how to be a force in this earth that's intolerable to these unholy ways. Amen. Thank God they should be distasteful to us. Do you have the same taste buds as your Lord? Hallelujah. We need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we need to learn that God's holy presence yet needs to exist within and without his temple, each and every one of us, and the so-called houses of God. Resisting compromise is not up to our own strength and efforts. Remember, God has to equip us, according to 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, won't you allow him to be your ever-abiding strength, comfort, your guard, your guide, won't you allow him now to do that as he is calling you? I could feel his presence today in our assembly. But guess what? He brought something along with him. Oh, the altar is here. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We got to get it right. When you get in the real presence of God, the need of getting it right is right there. Because we're going to see, amen, we are so unlike God. His ways are what are not our ways. Oh, we want to get to know him, but do we want him to show us ourselves? Show me myself. You know the old song, shine a light from heaven on my soul. What if you find anything that shouldn't be? Take it out. 
strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be made whole. You know, holiness is being made whole. If you want to be made whole in some particular area in your life, I dare you to stand with me right now. I know I'm standing in this pulpit, but right now my standing exemplifies that I'm standing in the need of prayer. In the name of Jesus, won't you stand with me right here and right now. In standing, you're saying, yes, I need this, I need that in the Lord. When we're in the presence of the Lord, we all should get a what little needy amen hallelujah i need thee oh i need thee hallelujah every hour i need you oh bless me now my savior i come to thee we of the realm of agape christian church pray that the holy word of god has richly blessed your soul to send prayer requests Use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.